if you know that you're not the best 3D designer, but you're like really good at 2D and you need some help, like get somebody in your corner who is good at that and then you can make better work. I don't know why people in like our industries think they have to do everything themselves or like even like admin stuff and things like that. It's just so great to kind of delegate and automate stuff. and welcome to the Future Podcast. Today's guest runs an online education company called Motion Hatch, and they help motion designers with their businesses and creative careers. Now, if that name sounds familiar, you might recognize it from her podcast that goes by the same name. I've listened to it for a while now, and it's really great. So check it out if you're looking for something new. Anyway, she and Chris discuss her journey from studying film production, working for Google, and the transition from full-time to freelance to ultimately starting her own education business. But what's really cool is that she's created this unique community to help her fellow creatives and provide a support group of their peers. There's a lot of overlap with what she's doing and what we here at The Future do. So if you're a fan, then I think you'll enjoy this one. She and Chris even do a little mentorship role play, which is always fun to witness. And real quick, there's a couple of swears in this episode, so heads up if there are kids around. Please enjoy our inspiring conversation with Haley Akins. I'm excited to do this call with you, Haley. It's been a little while. Now, I've been doing some digging into uh, how we know each other and the, the couple of times in which our paths have crossed. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. But before we do, for people who don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, so I'm Haley. Thanks so much for having me on this podcast. It's pretty awesome to be here. Um, so yeah, I run an online education company called Motion Hatch, and we help motion designers with their businesses and careers. So, you know, things like knowing what to charge, how to get clients, building businesses, working on projects that you love, and all of those things that creatives uh, find quite hard, as I'm sure you know, Chris, as well. Yes, Yes, for sure. Now, for fans of the channel who've been listening to this for some time, Haley and I have some history. And I'm not the best at remembering all these things, so I had to actually look it all up. And correct me if I'm wrong, because your memory probably is much better than mine, because I don't have a great memory and I'm getting old. But I think I was a, a guest on your podcast, and then you and I met in person at the the future London event, a different name, different organizers by Wildcard. And then I met you, I think, for the first time in person as a real life human being. And then it dawned on me like, oh, my God, we did that podcast together. And so I'm like, yes. And that's how bad my memory is. But I think that's the first time we met physically together, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I was trying to remember too. I think it's actually Joey Coleman from School Motion that said, oh, you should get Chris on your mm -hmm. podcast. You know, he's awesome. Things like that. So, mm -hmm. so what's your relationship with Joey? So how do I know Joey? Uh, I think I just was aware of School of Motion. And when I started my podcast, I was like, you know who I want to get on? I want to get Joey Coleman on. I think he just launched um, his book, The Freelance Manifesto. Mm -hmm. So I think it seemed like the perfect thing to do because obviously we help motion designers with the business side of things. And that was mm. kind of that's literally the only book out, I think, about that. So, <laughs> I think it is. You're you right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of synergy here and overlapping mission, I think, in terms of what Joey's trying to do. He's teaching 
people who want to get better at animation, specifically for the motion graphics industry. He's written a book on how to run a freelance, how to live a freelance life, right? And and you provide much more bespoke services. And I think from the site, I was able to figure out that you do, I think you offer two things. Can you tell us about the two things that at least I was able to pick up from the site? Yeah, so we've had like a few things in the past as well, but the main mm-hmm. things we're doing right now is uh, just about to launch a new course called Client Quest, mm-hmm. which helps motion designers get clients more consistently. Um, so we're talking about, you know, how to market yourself, what social media platforms you can use, you know, how to use a CRM, all of that kind of good stuff in that. And then we also have a mastermind program. So I don't know whether I should probably explain what a mastermind is, but usually it's the way you have peer support groups that kind of help each other. And we have facilitators. We actually call them mentors because I feel like they offer a lot more than just um, facilitating for the groups. They offer a lot of help and advice as well. So they're kind of the main two things we have now. We used to have a contract bundle, but um, I decided to get rid of that. What? We can talk about that too if you want. Okay, I do <laughs> want to talk about that, but just in a second, I want to write this down because I had heard that you put together a really nice contract bundle for people in our industry and it was very specific and very tailored. So before we get into all this, now you have lived a life before doing all this coaching and helping and facilitating and being a mentor to lots of people as a motion graphics artist yourself, right? And mm-hmm. yep. tell, tell me about like your introduction into the industry and then what led you to creating this thing that you have now called Motion Hatch. Yeah, so it's a long, kind of a long story. So I'm always like, where should I start? But I guess um, I studied film production at university and then I, you know, ended up in London. I'm actually from Durham in the northeast of England, mm-hmm. but I ended up moving there because that's kind of where most of the jobs were at the time. And then um, worked my way up to be like a motion graphics designer. And then I got a job at Google. So I was actually full time for seven years, which is most like so much more than other Mm. people. I'm not, I don't recommend that other people do that. But um, I think it gave me a lot of experience, like leading teams of animators and things like that. And then I went freelance and I basically started my podcast in 2017. So that was called Motion Hatch 2. And then the business has kind of grown off the back of that. I mean, I could go more into detail into some of these kind of stages, but that's the briefest overview I can do at the moment. Mm -hmm. What was the inspiration? Uh, And you're working as a freelancer and you and how does one go from that to starting this thing that you're doing? Yeah, so um, (laughs) it's it's pretty funny because what happened to me, actually, I I really was getting into listening to podcasts and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I found this podcast called um, Location Indie, which was basically a podcast for people who wanted to be like digital nomads and stuff like that. And I found that because I was trying to do more traveling as a freelancer. And I was really interested in the idea of traveling while working and kind of having more freedom and that kind of thing. And then they had a community also called Location Indie and I joined that community and I was like, hey, like someone should sort of do something like this, but for motion designers, Mm. because no one's really teaching us how to freelance or like, you know, changing our mindsets around like imposter syndrome and how much to charge and things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I think it took me quite a long time to kind of figure out, oh, maybe I could do something. And then I, I came up against you know, some obstacles because I was like, oh, well, the obvious thing to do would be to write a blog. 
but I'm not very good at writing and I'm dyslexic. So I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we make all these excuses for sure. ourselves. I'm sure you've been there too. Mm-hmm. And then um, I met my now podcast editor who was like, hey, you could create a podcast. I know someone who does like a similar thing in the video industry. Um, I'll send it to you. And I was like, oh, I like the idea of this. I like talking to people. So it kind of just went from there and it just made sense. And I just I just saw in the industry that people really needed this and these conversations to happen. So it just inspired me to kind of go for it, even though I was absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. So it's the the age old adage where you scratch your own itch. You You wish for something and then nobody's going to make it for you. And on a recent conversation I had with somebody, they said that you're only allowed to complain about something once. After that, it's called whining. And what does that mean? It's like if you complain that something doesn't exist, then the next thing you have to do is you actually have to be the solution or make the solution yourself. And so that's kind of what you did. What what it's not clear to me, Haley, is this this gap. So I've looked you up and I've, I've done a little bit of research. And I see that uh, early on in your your education, you studied psychology, philosophy, and religious studies, and then wow, you, you have done your research. I have, I have, and then then you, you studied film production. Where does the business and the marketing and the mindset stuff come in? Aside from the psychology, I could see where that relates, but like, if somebody's listening to this, they're gonna think. Who the heck does Haley think she is teaching people about business? What what are her credentials? How is she? What are her bona fides? You know, like how did you learn this, and and when did this come into play? Yeah, so I think like with most people's paths of how they kind of end up doing what they're doing, it's it's kind of like a few things that compound over time. So I think. Um, I don't know. It's strange for me because I I did do like a business um, like GCSE at school. And I realized that it was actually like the highest grade that I got. And I was like, oh, I must have enjoyed that. Mm. And then um, also my family, um, there's a lot of businesses in my family. So when Mm -hmm. I went freelance, I was like, oh, I really like this. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to run my own business. This makes sense to me. Whereas everyone else around me seemed to be like really struggling and charging much less and like even people who I thought oh your work is so much better than my work like why why are you charging like less it doesn't make sense you know and Mm. it was kind of just like seeing what other people are doing and feeling like oh well I don't feel like this is as much of a struggle and that kind of thing and probably influence you know having a lot of influence from my family and that sort of stuff and then um, just getting into the digital nomad kind of community and learning, then learning about online business and kind of learning about that and being like, oh, this all applies to freelancing and getting clients as well. And then just kind of taking a big deep dive into all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, reading a ton of books and doing like the most research and just trying to figure out how the things, how the things that I learn from what I'm trying to learn for my business, how I can apply that to, you know, other people, other creatives and other motion designers and how that might help them. And I always think, I know that some people will be like, oh, well, you know, how have you got the confidence to do that? But I'm like, well, I know a little bit more than other people. So mm-hmm. if I can like turn around and help them, that's going to be beneficial to them. And, and I'd really like encourage everyone else to do the same thing as well. So this is where people get all bent out of shape. And I think you and I were maybe not in the same boat, but in similar boats where people are like, well, what, what, how, how can you back this up? What do you know? And what have you done? And that's the general attitude that people take. And it's really weird because 
you're obviously not you these people are obviously seeking answers but as soon as they hear something that sounds like an answer they are quick to dismiss it and i love this part where you said well look i'm not gonna beat myself up over this i know a little bit more and if that helps you i'm gonna share it with you if it doesn't don't worry about it and i like that i mean i haven't met that many people who share that same philosophy because then they then they're like, you're, you're a charlatan, you're a snake oil salesman. You just learned this. I'm like, yeah, I did. And I, I don't even hide it. I just learned it. I'm just trying to share it with you. If it doesn't help, no problem. So have you had your share of people throwing stones at you saying, well, who the heck are you? Um, so I think maybe in a different way. So okay. when I first started the podcast, I what encouraged me is because I got a lot of people emailing me being like, hey, this is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. This is really cool. So I was like, oh, cool. That's really great. Um, I think where you probably like people come up against this more is when you start trying to charge for stuff. Yes. This is where people get upset. 100%. So they're like, oh, yeah, you did this free thing. That's awesome. We love you. And you're like, cool, awesome. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm going to. So, for example, what I did, I'm going to pay some lawyers to help me make this contract because this is um, a need that I see in our industry. And I wanted to help with that. So I was like, right. So if I'm going to pay some lawyers and I'm like, OK, well, I probably need to charge for this then because I've got like a lot of expenses and a lot of time to make this thing. So it kind of just made sense for me to charge for something like that. So that's kind of how I got started and probably how I got over it a bit because I was like, well, I've got to like hire other people to help me so I can't give it away for free. You know, it's kind of it's that kind of idea where I think that helped me get my first product under my belt. And then I think after that, I was like, well, you know, in order to do this and make this successful. And now I'm trying to hire more people to help me with motion hatch and stuff like that and build a small team. Like in order to do that, I need to have some sort of paid products and stuff like that. And all the, I've just built a whole course and the amount of time and effort and money that goes into that is absolutely ridiculous, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you know as well. So it's kind of like you have to charge for some things. And, and I think the way you get around it is just make sure that you provide tons and tons and tons of stuff for free and tons of value for free. And then there's always going to be people who want to go a bit deeper with you and want to get more of your help. So then you can kind of say, cool, well, we've got this course and we've got this and that. And then that helps you do more of the paid stuff and more of the free stuff. And that's kind of how I get my head around it. Mm -hmm. During this time in which you're developing these contracts and forms and building out a company and podcasting, are you also working as a freelance independent contractor doing motion graphics? Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty <laughs> insane. People need to remember yeah. that, right? Because so it, it sounds like you've been able to navigate these very treacherous waters with this very fickle public uh, design Twitter, if you will, or motion design Twitter, where people get really bent out of shape when people like you, who've done a lot of good for the community, all of a sudden decide one day I'm going to charge for something. Because, you know, God dang it, I spent money and I need to recoup that and I'd like to do more of this if this is helpful to anybody. So you test this idea. But you've been able to do that in a way that I think uh, you, there's still a lot of goodwill for you. Whereas I could say on my end, there's there's a lot of heat and hate, and that's totally okay. It comes with the territory. I'm totally fine with it. So I admire that you were able to navigate that. Tell me about this first product, this contract. Like, how much was it, and what what did you all put into it, and why aren't you doing it anymore? Yeah, so I think it was like 229 pounds. So basically, I 
I hired a lawyer in the US to help me make it. And I hired a, a solicitor in the UK, which is just essentially the same as a lawyer. We just call them different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they just helped me put it together. And I oh, I had to reread through all these contracts yeah, for so, such a long time. <laughs> and le- But now I feel grateful for that because mm-hmm. I feel like I have much more knowledge about that kind of thing. And obviously I'm not a lawyer, which comes onto the like a problem but anyway um so i um yeah i put this stuff together and it went really well and it's fantastic and people are still asking me for it mm-hmm. and why i um essentially got rid of it was because i felt like i was a lot getting a lot of questions about legal stuff and like legally you're not actually allowed to answer these questions right right so um because i want to serve the people you know my audience the best that I can, I felt like I would, uh, my choices were to either try and bring on a lawyer onto the team, like maybe as a freelancer or whatever to help with that, or just get rid of that product because I'm not willing to kind of do things by halves. And I feel like I was Mm. doing a disservice to people by not being able to give the full support that I would feel comfortable with for that product, even though everybody said it was really good and things like that. And also I wanted to make space for these other products and services, which I feel like I was in a better position to provide for people. Mm, okay. Well, uh, just for full disclosure, we actually do sell something called the legal kit. And it's funny because I don't actually get any questions about the, the forms at all. It's it's wild. So maybe maybe you put more effort into it or maybe I'm just disconnected from our audience. But we, we realize the same thing that over the 20 yeah. plus years of running a business, there's all kinds of legal forms that we need. And they're quite expensive if you if you commission them one at a time, and it doesn't make sense. Most of this is what the industry refers to as boilerplate, that you change a few variables and it's it's good, right? So attorneys will charge you money to draft these things up. They're not literally writing them all the time custom for every person. They're just changing the variables. So it makes sense, especially if you have contracts in the that apply to the the local laws that's really important okay so so you're getting bombarded with these questions obviously you can't answer them because you're not a lawyer and you shouldn't be giving those kinds of answers anyways right it's it's yeah what they say it's like it's above your pay grade so that's for somebody else to deal with so then now you've got these two other products or ideas i want to i want to learn more about these things so like you mentioned before one's called client quest and then the mograph mastermind let's start with the mograph mastermind because I like this. And we do very similar things. So this is just two people geeking out over the same thing, I think. So I'm going to ask you lots and lots of questions here. Okay, MoGraph Mastermind, you talk about accountability, feedback, encouragement, and community. And these are very small groups from what I was able to gather. And the groups are somewhere between four to six people. It's an eight-week program. Yeah? Yeah. And you've got a whole curriculum. The idea is you would meet your, your, your peer group, whatever, your mastermind group. And then at the end of the eight weeks somebody would help you write your plan for the future. Can you share with us a little bit of maybe some examples of plans that have been formed for some of the people who've gone through the mastermind program? Yeah, so I think um, this is what I kind of consider like a mastermind sprint now because I've actually started like a six-month program, which I feel like is more drawn out, but it's kind of a bit more behind the scenes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so the eight week mastermind, like you say, it's, it's usually four people because I feel like that works the best because I want to give everyone enough time Mm -hmm. to kind of be able to talk about what they want to do. And six sometimes is, feels like it was pushing it a little bit. Um, so yeah, they get a mentor based on, on what their, 
where they are in their careers. So we have Jess Peterson who runs our own studio in New York. So she's more like taking the people who want to build small animation studios, that kind of thing. And then we have Christopher Bernal and me who kind of take on more the freelancers. But um, I I got Christopher on board because he's in um, San Francisco and I'm in the UK. So it became a bit of a struggle to, um, you know, facilitate and mentor all these people in the US. So that was why I did that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really good. And basically, um, for the kind of future plan, we go through and we kind of just help and support people but we answer any questions that they have as they're going through and they have three hot seats as they go through because that's how we kind of break it up Mm -hmm. with the eight weeks because there's four people and that's kind of how it works quite nicely so we try and encourage them at the beginning to prioritize what they want their hot seats to be so it sounds like scary but it isn't basically when you're in the hot seat you just have a chance to ask the group and the mentors like all like your questions and we usually encourage people to do it around one topic because you don't have tons of time so there'll be two people in the hot seat each week so it's like 30 minutes each and then um yeah so it's kind of just brainstorming about you know your business or about like where you want to go or we have like whips which we use for feedback for reels and all that kind of stuff so usually it's people if they want to start their freelance career it's kind of like well okay have you got all your ducks in the row in a row basically so their future plan might all be about okay i want to go freelance in september you know whatever and then um you know throughout the eight weeks we can help them and be like okay we'll have a look at your reel this week and then we'll have a look at your website and see if that makes sense and they can kind of submit different things and things like that or you know if you want to build a small studio it's like all right well like have you figured out who your ideal clients are and there's a lots of stuff that kind of crossover between groups a a lot of the time so but I think it's pretty free flowing like a mastermind should be I mean I've been in tons of masterminds and I felt like it was probably the thing that's like changed my career and my whole life so I was like of course I'm gonna you know give this to motion designers okay this is interesting I've never been in a mastermind group before so this is really? wild. That's yeah. so surprising to me. Well, that's, I'm just as surprised as you've been in many mastermind <laughs> groups. So what I've mastermind groups tons. have you been in? Yeah, so I was in a one with that group Location Indie. Mm-hmm. So that part of their community they provided, they like paired up people into masterminds. I've been in some like with friends of mine who are doing kind of similar businesses and then now I'm in a another mastermind through like a coach a business coach as well so and there's there's probably been like there's probably been some of the masterminds too but they're like the Mm -hmm. main ones and these are always small groups yeah so um they're like four to six usually Mm -hmm. like that's how I kind of based my my program on that because they're usually the same amount of people like four to six people and um yeah you usually go around and you have a like a hot seat format and then some people like have extra stuff on that they add into the program so like for example in our six month one we have guests that come in once a month and like talk to our you know six people in that group for the six month one we do six people because it's over a longer period of time Mm -hmm. so it kind of you have a bit more time so it's a bit easier and also the value is when you have more people obviously you're getting like different perspectives from people as well mm-hmm. okay so how much is a six or i'm sorry the eight week program and how much is a six month program yeah so the eight week one is 
897 pound mm-hmm. and the six month one is currently i think it's like about 500 pound a month 497 probably um but i think that's probably going to go up <laughs> 497 a month yeah okay so like people pay up front and stuff like that right. too and how many of these uh, eight week things are you running concurrently with between the three of you so we usually do three to four groups each. Okay, that's so, a lot. So it's like, yeah, so it's like one, um, you know, it's like an hour, and we usually do an hour and a half too because, mm-hmm. you know, we like to give people as much time as possible. Um, so we do an hour and a half, like three times a week, something like that each, but we're not running them like all the time. So we have like sessions. So we only do it three times a year for the eight-week one. I see, and then you take a break in between or something? Yeah, like the summer, because yeah. otherwise it's like too much. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's quite I, a lot of work. Since I, I think this works really well because you're specifically tailoring people in the motion design industry so that uh, if I join a mastermind group, it's not like there's an architect or a web developer where I don't really learn something from their hot seat questions. So I get that. Now, I want to ask you this question. What is one of the most common questions that you get from people sitting in the hot seat? Um, it's not really a question, but a thing that comes up a lot is imposter syndrome, <laughs> like okay. surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to talk about that. Cause, and they're always like, Hey, can we, uh, can we have a chat about like imposter syndrome? Cause I'm feeling like my work isn't good enough and stuff like that. And I think actually that's probably one of the biggest benefits is just having kind of more of a 360 view on your work on what you're doing and that kind of thing. Um, because you know, it's just hard when you're sitting on your own, you know, somewhere right. being like, I'm trying to get clients. Ah, right. You know, <laughs> I've, I've been there. Everybody else has been there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just nice to have a group that you trust that mm-hmm. you can talk to and say, hey, what do you think of my reel? What do you think of my work? Oh, I've been feeling really down lately because like this client didn't get back to me. What do you think of that? Is there anything that I can do? You know, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to do this with you. Can I put you in the hot seat right now? Sure, yeah. Okay. I want to ask you. I mean, this is very common. So this is very broad. And so everybody that's listening to this right now can receive or get some value from our conversation. So I'm going to be in my hot seat. I'm going to say to you, Haley, so, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like what I'm doing is is worth anything, that it just feels pretty average. And if I'm being honest, maybe below average and I feel guilty for even charging the kind of money that I'm charging. And I don't even think it's a lot of money. How do you respond to that? So I would probably say, um, why do you feel like it's not, you know, why do you think it's below average? Is it because you're not confident in your work and your skills? You know, I see all this work that other people do and it's so good. And I just see this really big gap between where I'm at and where they're at. Yeah, that's true. It does happen in the industry a lot. There's a lot of work out there, but you know, your work is probably just as good as a lot of other people's work. And I would say to you, Chris, that you should remember that your value isn't just in the work that you produce because you it's all about personality as well and about how you get on with the client and your relationship that you've built with them. And that's actually really valuable because, you know, you can be a great 
motion designer but you could also be like a bit of an arsehole or whatever mm. and people might not want to work with you but you might bring something else you might bring a different background or a different perspective as well so I'd definitely consider that but if you're worried maybe you could consider doing some personal projects to build up some skills and things like that what do you think mm. you know what you've, you've, you've triggered something inside of me and all of a sudden I realized that this uh, imposter syndrome monster I've just grown up in a family where my parents are very judging. They didn't want me to do this. And, and I have very successful siblings that are professional people, doctors, attorneys, uh, that kind of thing. And then here I am, it's this really black sheep. And I just, I'm always hearing their voice in my head, like, you're not good enough. This isn't it. And go do something serious with your life. How do you overcome something like that? Well, yeah, I think um, from my point of view that creatives are like, you know, really great people because we come up with ideas and we help people. So what I would do if I was you, I'd go away and think about who, what kind of clients that you want to work for and how you're helping them solve a problem, because that might help take the focus off you and put the focus onto your client and who you want to serve and how you want to help other people and that kind of thing. I don't know whether you think that would be a valuable thing to do. I think so. I could try that. Okay. So that's kind of how you would do this, huh? Yeah, so I sort of try and ask people questions mm -hmm. and then like give them suggestions with, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, and also with um, a mastermind, you have to remember it's not just me there. It's like other people. So maybe right. other people are like, cool. Yeah, I totally felt like that, too. And right. I did this thing that helped me as well, you know, and it's all of that kind of stuff as well. But yeah, that's like all the time we get stuff like that. And I think just having people to talk it through with mm -hmm. as well and be like, oh, yeah, like other people feel like that as well. I think that's really helpful. Time for a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from Haley Akins. If you're a small business owner, this is for you because running a business is just plain hard sometimes. Endless to-do lists, employees to take care of, and your ever-present bottom line. So first of all, kudos to you for staying on top of it. Now, I want to tell you about Gusto. Gusto built an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll, benefits, and all that other really exciting stuff you love to do. They help over 100,000 businesses with tasks like automated payroll tax filing, simple direct deposits, free health insurance administration, 401ks, onboarding tools, you get where I'm going here. You name it, Gusto does it, and they keep it easy. They also really care about the small business owners that they work with. And I can attest to that because I happen to use Gusto for my own business. True story. Their support team is attentive and helpful, and since money can be tight right now, you'll even get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com future and start setting up your business today. You'll see what I mean when I say easy, because it really is. Again, that's three months of free payroll at gusto.com slash future. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to our conversation with Haley Akins. All right, I want to circle back to two things. But first, uh, the first thing I want to circle back to is you said that you got interested in this thing. You started reading a ton of books. What books have been uh, informative in terms of the way that you think in business and psychology and coaching? I know that it's a book called The Coaching Habit. It's Mm -hmm. really good. Okay, so for those of you guys that don't know The Coaching Habit, Michael Bungay-Sanier, it's a series of questions. I think he has seven questions, and it's a great... Uh, just general philosophy about learning to ask questions more, to talk less, and to be slower to give advice. And that the person that you're talking to uh, probably has the answer already. You just need to help them find it themselves. Okay, very good. What what other books have been kind of formative in terms of shaping how you think about business, psychology, marketing, whatever? Yeah, um, probably recently, um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller mm-hmm. and Marketing Made Simple. That's his like newer book. Mm-hmm. But um, it's all about, you know, kind of not confusing your clients and your customers and how to kind of bring them through a funnel to work with you and that kind of thing. So it's really, really good. Marketing mm-hmm. Made Simple is really good if you want to you know, work with more direct clients rather than agency clients and stuff like that, because I would approach it slightly differently, I think. But if someone's like out there thinking, yeah, I want to work more with direct clients and brands, then I would definitely read that book. I think it's really good. Very good. I've read Story Brand and I've yet to read Marketing Made Simple. I have the book. It's sitting on my shelf and a long list of books to read. Okay. Yeah, I I could keep going, but there's like, there's so many business books i've got like them all behind me obviously that people won't be able to see because it's a podcast but do you want to name one more or should we move on um there's i love uh super fans by pat flynn i think that's great okay i don't know whether you've read that or whether you not. know pat flynn i yeah. know who, who pat flynn is I, don't, I have not read his book yeah i think that's really good because it's something that i'm focused on a lot um, at the moment. And in my course in client quest, we talk a lot about advocacy mm-hmm. and about how you should like try and make your clients fans of yours and how that can get you more work and stuff like that. And, um, I think that his book is like really good to kind of think, especially if you want to do stuff like content marketing and online business stuff as well. Like Pat's book is amazing. Excellent. I, I will pick that up after this for sure. Okay. So the other question I wanted to follow up with you on is this, is that you said originally that you got into location indie because you thought this digital nomad lifestyle was pretty cool. So I have to ask you, are you a digital nomad today? No, because I realized <laughs> that I didn't actually like traveling that much. But what I found out, no, no, it's true. I'm telling okay. So I, I do like traveling a bit, but I don't want to be a digital nomad in the sense of um, you literally travel around the world all the time. I quite like yeah. having an, a home base and that kind of thing. But right. what I liked about that community and about what they were teaching, it's there was a big like cross section with like building an online business and building kind of like a bit of a lifestyle business and stuff like that, which I feel like Motion Hatch probably isn't a lifestyle business now, but that's because my mission has changed in in what I want to kind of do with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, I want to ask you about the other product that you have called Client Quest. And this was all new to me when I, I was doing the research. I'm like, whoa, it's got this whole thing going on. So Client Quest, I, I think, is what you were talking about earlier, about how you're able to create a system to find clients consistently. And it's a nine-week program. And yeah. I think it's uh, $596 US, uh, uh, less uh, for, for pound sterling. And talk to me about how this came about. Yeah, so because we have the mastermind program, I talk into motion designers like every day, day in and day out and through the podcast and everything like that. And I was like, you know what, we should just take all these questions that we keep getting and like make a course out of it. And the biggest problem that everyone has is getting clients consistently. And just through all of what I've learned through, you know, like studying a lot about this business stuff and about online businesses and freelancing and talking to motion designers like for a few years, um, I've managed to put a lot of things together. And I was like, if I just put this in a course, then it can help more people. Because the problem with the mastermind is we can only take a certain amount of people like we've been talking about. It's kind of, you know, four people in a group, we can only do about 30 people each session, something like that. So I was like, cool. So how can I like give this information to more people? And like an online course just made sense to me. Mm hmm. Okay, so now I'm looking at the different modules that you have. I think there are nine modules. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions in, in the lessons, okay? So obviously, you know the answer already. So it's not a trick question here. I see in module seven about contacting clients and agencies. How does one send emails to get clients? Because cold email, that's a tough thing to do. Yeah, so the first thing I would say is you shouldn't be sending cold emails you should be trying to warm your clients up before you send them an email so what i would do is i would go to like instagram like some sort of social media platform see if they've posted recently and start commenting on their posts and trying to give some value to them so i wouldn't just post an emoji or something like that you know actually like comment on their work and you know really try and engage with them and help them a bit if you can and then what i would do is you know after maybe a week or so it's kind of like a bit like Instagram stalking but don't don't do it too much and be really weird about it the other day someone on Twitter was saying someone just added me on LinkedIn Instagram and Facebook all at once so don't do that but do do a little bit of that it's kind of like doing a little bit of research whilst you're engaging a bit with them because they might if they're a small studio or something like that they might actually remember who you are and they might be like oh yeah I saw Haley the the other day commented on a piece of our work she obviously knows who we are and she obviously is you know cares a bit about our business and stuff like that then for the email I break it down into four sections so you want to you know tell say hello to them say you know hey I'm Haley. you know I love that recent project you did that I saw on Instagram or whatever so this is like the personalized introduction part of it then what you do is you want to tell them the reason that you're contacting them. So it can be really simple. Just I wanted to reach out, introduce myself. I'm a 2D motion designer based in, you know, whatever location you're based in. Um, I've got a passion for this and that. And this is where you can kind of dig into what they like and see if it matches with what you like and try and personalize it to that studio. And then if you, the next bit that I call authority, because you want to say like, oh, I previously worked with you know, such and such clients, if if you think that they've heard of them, but if you haven't worked with anyone before, then it's completely fine. You don't have to, you know, put 
like random people that they won't have heard of. It doesn't really matter. But if you have like some good clients that you've worked with previously who they might have heard of or who are maybe are competitors of theirs or something like that, then you can definitely put that in there. And then obviously have a link if you're a motion designer to your showreel and make sure it's really clear and don't just put a Vimeo link, put like Hayley Aiken showreel or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you want a clear call to action that doesn't sound too desperate. So something like, you know, feel free to reach out with any questions that you might have about me and my work or something like that. So that's how I'd break it down for an agency. If you're emailing direct clients, you usually want to talk about something that a problem that they have and how animation can solve that problem. And I think this is really good and everyone should just follow this formula. But the most important thing is following up because this is what people don't do because people don't email you back and then you get scared and you're like, oh no, they didn't email me back. And I like followed the formula and I did all the things. And it's like, yes, but the power's in the follow-up because I'm sure, you know, Chris, like people email me and you all the time and other people. And sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I'll get back to that person. And then like two weeks later, you're like, oh crap, I haven't got back to that person. So it's just, don't worry about it. You've got to follow up with these people and just be nice and just remind them of what, you put in the the email, maybe you can shorten it down and things like that. But I think the power really is in the follow-up. Okay. So in this modern day and age, everybody's trying to get work from somebody else through DMs and cold emails. So I have developed uh, some kind of allergic reaction to these things now, and they pop up in my inbox all the time. Chris, this is the last email about this opportunity that we can do this and collab. Can I just get 20 minutes of your time, et cetera? And I don't respond to any of them. Most of them just all just auto delete. So I'm curious, two things. One is uh, what have you heard back from your students who who do this and, and what kind of success rate have they had? And, and how do you react on an individual level to getting these warm to cold emails? Yeah, so I think you make a really good point. So what I would say is we have this whole funnel system in the course, which is what this is kind of taking one piece of that. Uh So I think we're like missing a lot of the other pieces, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're getting at, I think. So basically in the course, it's based around this, what I call the four A's freelance funnel. So it's like awareness, attraction, action, advocacy. So this is what you want to be trying to draw your clients through down this funnel, basically. And that's how, you know, when I send you an email, it wouldn't be as cold and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know, Haley. like, you know, exactly how we've built our relationship. Like we built it over time very slowly and things like that. And it can be kind of annoying to people, I think, to do that. But what I think is we're trying to do this thing where we're always doing outbound marketing instead of kind of doing a combination of inbound and outbound marketing where we're kind of doing some content marketing, social media, things like that, connecting with people, building relationships over time, but that, and we're doing emails and, and following up and all of that stuff as well. So I think it's, it's kind of difficult because, you know, you could have in the course, we, we've got like a ton of things that you could do in awareness, a ton of things that you could do in attraction, loads of things that you could do in action and advocacy. And it's kind of like, I present all these tools and I'm like, what you need to do is you need to build your own path and system through this funnel for what works for you and your clients by doing like a client social media audit. So we keep coming back to that in the course and we keep getting people to take it to kind of test out 
these different things or test out what they're already doing and what's working for them. And it's all based on what kind of clients you want as well, because not all of the tools are going to work for every single client either. Right. Okay, fantastic. All right. I love that. I, I, I want to ask you, where is Motion Hatch in five years? Oh, this is a good one. Motion Hatch in five years. Mm -hmm. I think, um, well, I just want it to be, you know, the best place to go if you're a freelance motion designer or if you want to get into motion design and you want to kind of learn more about the business side of things or, you know, how to start your career and that kind of thing. So I just want it to be the number one place for that. And I think that we're going to focus more on YouTube and stuff like that, because I think the podcast is going really well, but it's also um, a limited kind of place. But as you know, YouTube is has like a bigger reach. So I think I think I want to focus more on YouTube and building my team and stuff like that, which is quite difficult sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you said that in five years, you're the number one resource for people who want to learn about the, the business side of motion. Are, are you the number one source today or is there a, a different, bigger player than you right now? Um, I guess, I guess I am the number one source, <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's like, you Mission know, accomplished. it's about, um, I think it's about just awareness, you know, mm -hmm. like we've been talking about, like just making more people aware of you. Okay. Like if anybody says, well, I want to happen if anyone says, oh, I want to be a freelance motion designer. Oh, you have to go to Motion Hatch. Right. And like some people are saying that now, but mm -hmm. I want more people to say that, okay. Chris, because so I want to help more people. I love it. And so part of that is continuing to do what you're doing, but to expand into other areas where you can bring a different audience. Now, you mentioned YouTube. And are, are you currently executing on this plan now? And where's that? How's that going so far? Yeah, so I've been kind of dabbling in mm -hmm. YouTube. I haven't really, I wouldn't say that I've launched my channel okay. because um, if I was to do that, I would uh, have a full strategy and things like that. But I've been testing things out. So hopefully that we can launch it um, more properly, like in next year, I think. It's okay. just uh, a lot of things are happening with Client Quest and with the Mastermind and everything like that. And I want to make sure that we get all those pieces in place before we start moving into a new platform like we can talk a bit about that too because what I've learned going through this is that you should focus on one thing at a time so that's mm. why I really focused on the podcast for a long time and now I'm like cool I got that bit down so now I can kind of move over into you know what I would see as like another content marketing piece and then try and like learn all about that and then get that bit down okay very interesting. So I'm, I'm like a Mr. Dabbler because I, I try lots of things all the time at the same time. So I'm, I'm not as disciplined as you are. And, and it's, it, it probably shows some of the things that I do. So some, some months I'm really hard into like YouTube. Let's like, let's crank out the content team. And then I'm on Instagram or I'm on LinkedIn. I'm just all over the place or, or speaking. So that's kind of like probably can learn something from you on that regards in terms of focus. So I have a, another question for you. If you're busy doing all these things. Do you still find time to do freelance work yourself? Are you still an active motion designer? No, I'm not because I made a choice when I was like, okay, I can either, when I was doing the contract bundle, it was very difficult to try and do that and do the freelance work too. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, if I'm going to make this motion hatch thing work, 
and it's going to be a proper business and it's going to help as many people as I want it to help, then I have to work on it full time or I have to decide to be a freelancer and just maybe just do the podcast or something like that. I don't think I could do like the mastermind, a course, you know, and hopefully multiple courses in the future and all this kind of stuff if I didn't make that choice to go full time on it. And some people would be like, okay, but why did you do that? Surely you want to work in the industry and stuff like that. And I do, but I think that this has had more of an impact on other people's lives. So I see a lot of value in that and that excites me. So that's why I chose that path. Mm. Okay, so I, I'm going to throw the question at you that I get more so than I'd like to get is, well, Haley, I mean, you're not in the industry anymore. Is the information you're sharing with us still relevant? Are you doing this now because you can't hack it and now you've become one of those guru teachers who are teaching things that they don't even know how to do anymore? Yeah, so I think what I would say to that is um, I talk to so many motion designers all over the world every single day about these problems and I see what's working for them. And in my mastermind, I have in my six month one, especially we've got people trying out like new things, new ideas and stuff, things from what I've learned, things that they've learned themselves. And then I take all of that information. And then when I feel like it's ready for like the wider audience, then I can share more with them and things like that. I think it's just I feel like now I get more experience because I have like all of these different people all of the time doing different things and I can see what's working on like a broader scale than maybe some of the people who don't kind of talk to lots of different motion designers all around the world every day. Okay, very good. Um, another question for you is, are you using your own um, skills to create the promos? I, I watched the video promos and I was like, dang, these are slick nice writing cool voiceover and there's like really sweet animation are, are you making those or are you hiring that out yeah so i hire it out but i i see myself as like a producer slash creative director on it so i'm like trying to work with the uh, different animators animation studios but i'm not i do do some work sometimes like i dive into after effects into premiere you know all of that kind of stuff but um, I, I see the value in hiring other people that are frankly much better mm. than me at like doing that kind of stuff to help me to grow my business. And I, I hope that other people would do the same. So you basically think, OK, cool, like in my business, what are the bits I like doing and what are the bits I don't like doing? And you kind of or that someone else could do much better than you. And then you delegate that. And that's how you grow, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're following your own medicine or you're taking your own medicine there. You prescribe this advice and you're taking it yourself. And people who are still, I guess, new to business still don't understand that. They think, think, they think that they have to have their hands and everything because they're the only ones who can do it all. And that's probably one of those mindset issues that you probably tackle in module one, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I have this in my mastermind all the time. I, mm -hmm. People are like, oh, I've got too many clients, you know, I can't do anything. And or I'm like working with this client that I don't really want, but like, it's okay, it's bringing in money and we have a good relationship. And I'm like, can't you like hire someone else, can't, you know, to help you? And they're like, oh, no, but I had this one person one time and it didn't work out. Right. And I'm like, that was like one person, <laughs> you know, and I'm always telling them to get, um, you know, some freelancers in their kind of corner yeah. that they can work with before they need them as well. I right. think that's like 
really good advice because you can't I've had it so many times where I'm trying to hire people and I'm like oh my god we need someone now now you know it's really painful and then you get the wrong person and stuff like that whereas if you like prepare this stuff and you have time to interview people to talk to people to build relationships then you you'll have a much better working relationship with them as well yeah that's like the the kind of the parable parable of the ant and the grasshopper right or the ant prepares all year long for winter and so that they can ride winter out and they survive where the grasshopper sings and dance and eats and has a lot of fun come winter they all die that's just the yeah. nature of the ant and the grasshopper. So when it comes to having resources, people that you trust, you want to have a pretty deep uh, address book or Rolodex, as they used to say, so that depending on the budget, the specific style and their personality, you can find that perfect fit. And it'll give you a lot of confidence when you when you get that job so that you're not panicking. You, you kind of have in the back of your mind, Mary, Susie, and Jake are going to be great for this. If any one of them are available, this is going to be easy for me. And you need to do that work up front. Yeah. And I know that you've talked about this before. It's it's just kind of like, you know, if you know that you're not the best 3D designer, but you're like really good at 2D and you need some help, like get somebody in your corner who is good at that and then you mm -hmm. can make better work. I don't know why people in like our industries think they have to do everything themselves or like even like admin stuff and things like that. It's just so great to kind of delegate and automate stuff. And, you know, I'm still learning all this stuff. I'm in it every day. And, and that's where I think, you know, the experience comes from too, is growing any business. You're still growing a business. And that's basically what I'm teaching other people to do as well. Mm -hmm. Before I let you go, Haley, I want to ask you just to kind of quickly summarize for us or just what you think are your best Three tips if you're in the motion design industry, what you have to do to get work. Yeah, so I would say, um, like we've been talking about, is building relationships is obviously the most important thing. And probably doing it slowly is pretty important. But I understand that people need to get clients quickly as well. So, you know, there's different strategies that you can do to kind of get clients quickly. But then obviously you need to build your relationship slowly as well. We have like a challenge coming up that I think um, if you're worried about getting clients that might be helpful, you can go to motionhatch.com forward slash challenge. And in that, I'm going to teach people like quick ways to get clients, but also how to build their relationships slowly, because I think over time that will help more. And also talking a bit more about inbound marketing and outbound marketing as well. Um, I think definitely thinking about how you can help other people can really help in your career and in getting clients because even if you're helping others in your industry and people who maybe you feel like aren't as experienced as you building up an audience can help you to be seen as an expert in your industry which is really really helpful for getting clients and also I would say the most important thing that I've learned is try and learn from people who are ahead of you as well and get mentors and people to help coach you and things like that because I think it really really helps to grow your business and also to help you with all of the mindset issues that we've been talking about in this podcast too. Fantastic. Okay my guest today has been Haley Aikens. She's based out of the UK and she teaches motion designers how to build a successful business and career via her company Motion Hatch in 2017. She currently offers two products that you can buy one called client quest and the other is the MoGraph mastermind. And how can people reach out to you if they want to follow up with a question? 
Oh, yeah, they can just um, either, you know, reach out on Twitter or Instagram. We're at Motion Hatch. Or if you want to email, you can just email hello at motionhatch.com. I'd love to talk to some people who listen to this show. Fantastic. Haley, thank you very much for being a guest on our show today. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. Hey, my name is Haley Akins, and you're listening to The Future. for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app and get a new insightful episode from us every week. The Future Podcast is hosted by Chris Doe and produced by me, Greg Gunn. Thank you to Anthony Barrow for editing and mixing this episode. And thank you to Adam Sanborn for our intro music. If you enjoyed this episode, then do us a favor by rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us grow the show and make future episodes that much better. Have a question for Chris or me? Head over to thefuture.com slash heychris and ask away. We read every submission and we just might answer yours in a later episode. If you'd like to support the show and invest in yourself while you're at it, visit thefuture.com. You'll find video courses, digital products, and a bunch of helpful resources about design and creative business. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.